Welcome and thanks for joining us here at the Bethel Church Podcast. For more information about Bethel and who we are, you can visit us online at BethelChurch.info. We hope you are encouraged and that you find hope in today's message. God's grace is His love and His power in action for us. Many of us grew up understanding grace to be that thing that, that delivered us out of sin, to be the thing that forgave us, but have yet to live and walk in the other half of grace. God didn't set us free and bring us out to leave us alone to wander on this earth until we stepped into glory. There is an abundant life to be lived. And I know the tenets, and hear me out, of the prosperity gospel are not all right. They're also not all wrong. While the prosperity gospel is not true, neither is the poverty gospel. We serve a God who owns a cattle. Anybody remember you saying this back in the day? My daddy owns the cattle of a thousand hills. Right. Inexhaustible riches. God's grace. His grace empowers us to be who he says we can be. To go where he says we can. You guys are catching the pattern real fast. To do what he says we can. To think like he says we can. To speak like he says we can. Y'all are great. The rules don't change us, y'all. New Year's goals ain't going to change you. In fact, if the rules do anything, they just show us how much of a sinner we really are. Remember, your kids are fine playing video games on Saturday morning until you tell them to stop. They were little angels for two hours. And then you just say that one word. Hey, guys, you don't even want to say it. You don't even want to say it because you're like, I don't want to mess this up. So, hey, guys, in, in a few minutes... Dr. James Dobson told me not to do abrupt stops. So I'm going to give you a 15-minute pad to get your will acclimated to the will of me. In 15 minutes, we're going to cut it off. We're going to brush our teeth. I know that's te- it's off. I'm a, pa- I'm a terrible parent. But we're going to brush our... Some of you parents know what I'm talking about right now. We're going to brush our teeth. Um, we're going to put something over those tidy whities We're going to do our faces and our hair. We're going to clean up our rooms and... You're going to do your laundry. And then what happens? All hell breaks loose. Why? Because the rules do what the rules were intended to do. And it was not ever meant to change us. It was literally God give them to us to outline a boundary for the abundant life, but to also show us that we like to live outside the boundaries and then get mad with God when we don't live an abundant life. We also know the law was given to us to curb lawlessness in society. There's a bunch of other reasons the law is here. Those are just a few. But I want you to understand the rules don't change you. You don't live by God's rules by trying harder to live at his rules. (laughs) Ironically enough, this grace that doesn't just forgive us but empowers us to live an abundant life Ironically enough, it doesn't flood into our lives when we're pretending to be strong. You would, you know, the rest of the world, we, 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 we'll put on a mask, right? 
Guys, come on, y'all know to walk. You get out of the car and immediately you were like this. Then all of a sudden you get out of the car. Yeah. You suck up the chest. You're trying to pretend to be stronger. God's grace doesn't fall on those that are pretending to be strong. It falls on those that are comfortable and understanding that his grace is sufficient. Now, I know some of you are like thinking, okay, I, I get it, Pastor Daniel. You keep talking about grace. When are you going to talk about something else? What else is there to talk about? If there's something else to talk about, I think I've just missed the whole point of scripture then. And you, maybe you're looking at yourself, okay, I get it, I get it. Grace is awesome. It's great. But how do I, like, how do I get in the flow of it? How do I access it. If it's already there, it's already been done, it's undeserved. I don't pay anything for it, but Pastor Daniel, I'm going to be honest with you. I feel like I am on the outside looking in. I hear all these stories about lives changing. People are running and they're getting their 30 day and their 60 day and their 90 day and their six months chips at Recovery Alive. And Pastor Daniel, I ain't made it six days. Come on. Talk about it. Why? Can I not seem to get into the flow that everyone else is getting into? I'm still a chronic procrastinator. I still don't have discipline. I don't pray like I should. I don't read my Bible like I should. And no, I have not been a fly on the wall in your house. <laughs> Pastor Daniel, I'm struggling with depression so bad most days that I can barely even get out of my bed. Why does it seem like grace is for everyone else and not for me? Maybe you've come here this morning and you're just thinking, you know what, if somebody could just pick me up and put me in the water, that would be just fine by me. If somebody would just pick me up, put me on a bed, I don't even care if you have to strap me down to the bed, lower me down into the presence of Jesus, I would be just all right with that because I can't seem to get there by myself. What do you do? What do you do when you're like that? What do you do when you're on the outside looking in it? It seems. Because if grace is unearned and it's undeserved, does that mean that I should do nothing? Where does my faith come into play? Anybody ever ask yourself these questions or just, just me? Can you just wave at me so I don't feel too weird if you've ever asked? Okay, Whew, thank you for a minute. I thought for a minute I was talking to people who had graduated beyond life's questions. Some of y'all need to repent of a judgmental spirit right now. I feel it in this house. The altars are open. I release judgment on Pastor Daniel's cup. The thing is, is that a lot of denominations have sprung up over this question. Actually, I take that back. They haven't sprung up over this question. They've sprung up because of the man-made responses to this question. Because humans are not comfortable with holy uncomfortability at pro approaching God in his holiness. He is nothing like us, completely stainless, blemishless, sinless, but yet we think we can describe his sovereignty in a 200-page book, much less five cute points. We suffer from HDS, humanizing deity syndrome. <laughs> One day I'm gonna write a book, okay? Actually, no, I'm not. 
can't put a logical man-made explanation on everything about God. God's grace is undeserved, it's unearned. We do nothing. We don't do any, we, we, he just gives it to us. But yet somewhere in the equation is faith. The Bible teaches us in Ephesians 2.8. This isn't my passage, but I'm getting there. Just hang out for a little bit. It's for by grace. Y'all are sharper than the eight o'clock service. Just don't tell them that I told you, okay? For by, you guys are my favorite service right now. For by grace, you have been saved through, and this is not your own doing, it's the gift of God, right? So everything that happens in the kingdom is by, no, by grace, sorry, I'm going to correct you, by grace through faith. So if this cup is grace, it's this deep well, and sorry for my lack of vocabulary, of awesomeness, of undeserved favor. If it's God's love and power and action, then this straw is what? Yeah, y'all are sharp. It's faith. I didn't put the water in the cup. I didn't even build the straw. It's actually attached. Oh man, even straws will preach if you let them. But I do have a responsibility. Actually, this is a horrible illustration. <laughs> I was expecting somebody to get up and walk out in the middle of this because I was expecting somebody to say, no, you can't measure grace. It's God's inexhaustible riches. You already said that. So this is a really terrible illustration. In reality, it looks more like this. Grace is this pipeline. And we take our, our little straws that are actually already attached and we access God's grace. Ironically enough though, this faith, even our faith, the majority of it is a gift from God. Before you were saved, you did nothing to get the faith to believe. I know many of you are thinking, oh, but I came to my senses. No, you didn't. You didn't come to your senses. You got the senses knocked into you. How could anyone come to their own senses and give them faith, faith? If you were dead in your sin, how dead were you? You were dead, dead. If you were hostile to God, if you were an enemy of God, we didn't even do anything to get saving faith. It was really nothing more than a trickle down of grace into our little straws. He primed the pump. So even saving faith was a gift of God, but for the believer, after salvation, we work out our salvation with fear and with trembling. We have this tiny little portion of the straw of faith that is our responsibility. How big is that portion? Yeah, about mustard seed size. It's not a lot, but it matters. Because where does faith come from? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. 
So if I'm not living the life that God says I can live, if I'm not walking in his fullness, if I'm not living in an exceedingly abundantly life, pressed down, shaken over, all that stuff, it may be, just may be because that little sliver of the straw we're responsible for isn't there at all. But how do I get it? Well, faith comes by hearing. and hearing by the You guys are good. You caught on way faster than the first service. We love you guys. We'll see you next week. (laughs) No, let's just take a minute to look in Numbers 13 through 14. It's a lot of Bible. If this is your first time, we read the Bible quite often here. And sometimes we read more than one verse. It's a pretty crazy thing that we do. I'm going to read to you. Well, actually, before I read to you, let me make sure you understand what happened. God called the Israelites out of the land of Egypt, right? Now, if you don't know, the Israelites were God's chosen people. I pray that my message this morning does not fill you up. I pray that you leave so hungry that you go home and you read the entire story in Numbers. But in Numbers 13, we're in this this part of the Israelites' history where they've been brought out of Egypt. They're being led by Moses and Aaron. They've come to the precipice of the promised land, the place that God has called them to. I want to remind you that being a believer is not just what we've been called out of. It's also about what we've been called to. Teenagers, following Jesus is not just don't have sex, don't drink, don't smoke, don't do drugs, and don't go to parties. That stuff seems less appealing when we're walking towards the thing as God has called us to do, an abundant life. You ain't got time for all that stuff. So we're walking to this, they're walking to this promised land, they get to the edge of it, and I don't know why God did it. Pray about it. But he tells Moses, he's like, look, send some spies into the promised land to just check things out. How many of you know this story? Just give me peace sign, deuces. Don't zone out on me, because there, there might be one thing you don't know about it. And if it's just one thing, it'll be worth your time. God tells Moses to go, so they, Moses has each tribe pick one man. So then, in, in the next section of verses, verse 17 to 24, Moses sends out the 12 spies. I want to remind you about something. God has already told them that the land was theirs. He had already said, I, this is part of your destiny. This is part of your future. It's already yours. Moses does something to the spies before they leave. I thought it was kind of cool. It was like a little pep talk. He's like, hey, hey guys, before you go, I want to remind you something. Be of good courage. And we all know that courage isn't the absence of fear. It's faith in the presence of fear. Faith to believe that even though my knees are knocking, even though I might be begging Jesus to help me with my unbelief, that God's promises are really yes and amen. I have a question for everyone here. Has God ever lied to you? 
The answer is definitively no, but yet every single time we get on the edge of something God has told us we can have that we don't yet have, what does the enemy do? He comes rushing in and he says, you can't trust God. And we would be wise to say, well, we need to check his track record. But if we don't know his track record, we don't have anything to build our faith upon. I mean, you with me here? All right, so they're going into the promised land. What happens? Oh, yeah. Verse 25. At the end of 40 days, they returned from spying out the land. And they came to Moses and Aaron, the spies did, by the way, and to all the congregation of the people of Israel. Now, if I could have given Moses and Aaron some leadership advice is what I would have told them. You better hear what those spies have to say first before you let them talk to the rest of the people. But that would have just been me. (laughs) That was a joke. I probably would have done something way worse than this. So Moses and Aaron, all the congregation people in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh, they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Because Moses had also asked him, he's like, I heard the figs are really good over there. I need you to bring me one back. So this is what some of the spies said. They said this, we came to the land to which you sent us. Good job, guys. Got that part right. It flows with milk and honey. They're two for two, y'all. It's going good so far. And this is its fruit. Three for three. However, God, I know you wouldn't tell me to do something that you have left me unempowered to do. So God, if you're telling me that I can love my wife, that I should love my wife like Christ loved the church, and I wake up one morning and decide that I can't, it's not God's word that's lying. It's the voice of the enemy. God, I know you said that this is how my life could be, but I beg to differ. However, in some translations, I think it says nonetheless. Does anybody have a nonetheless in your Bible? Right, yeah, because you, because you have a King James. Yeah. That was the version that Jesus used. We all know that. <laughs> <laughs> However, The people who dwell in the land are strong. That's not a lie. How many of you guys see right after the however though, what do things start doing? The land are strong. The cities are fortified. They're very large. And we saw the descendants of Anak there. Go home and dig that out. It's kind of cool. The Amalekites, Amalekites. They dwell in the land of the Negev, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites. They dwell in the hill country and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. In other words, it was just as God said it was. It was just as amazing as he said it would, however. But Caleb does something really cool. Everybody evidently is starting to get real loud. And Caleb brings out his sippy cup. 
All right, y'all, quiet down. Caleb quiets down the people. And he says this in verse 30. Let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Yeah, yeah. I like that, Miguel. Let's go. That's what I said in the first service. It was like Caleb hopped up. He was like, before they have a chance to ruin this for the rest of it, let's go. Right now. We got this. Let me say something to you real fast. Sometimes faith will speak to you and tell you something to do. And you better just go ahead and do it before the voice of fear has a chance to ruin it for you. Because statistically speaking, y'all, you're always going to have 10 sources telling you God's promises aren't yes and amen. And you're only going to have two telling you, let's go. You ever notice it though? Like you'll be in a restaurant, the Holy Spirit will be like, pay for that meal. And you go to reach for your wallet, you even stand up from the table and you start walking over to get the check and then all of a sudden, what's the enemy do? You better not, you better make sure you heard the voice of the Lord. Yeah, you know, you know it was 17 degrees for five days, right? You know that bill's gonna be like 425, right? Isn't it amazing? As soon as you hear the voice of the Lord, the enemy, and he'll use people to do it too. He'll use saved folks to do it. I, I know you're real. Evidently, you have the gift of generosity, but you probably should slow down. You have small kids. Caleb quieted the people. He said, let us go up at once and occupy it for we are well able to overcome it. Then the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go against the people for they, we, they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out. And they said, the land through which we have gone to spy it out, it is a land that devours its inhabitants. Now, my question, once again, I like to place myself in the story, would have been to the 10 spies. If it really was a land that devours the people that walk through it, how'd y'all get back? I want you to see what the voice of the enemy does. If faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, then fear comes by hearing and hearing the voice of the enemy. Now, if you want to build your faith, open up your Bible, guaranteed. But your Bible is not just the source to build your faith. I'm going to borrow another book, mother-in-law. <laughs> I revealed to her that I took a book off of her bookshelf and didn't tell her about it. I will give this one back to you right now, I promise. <laughs> Be careful addressing your mother-in-law in front of a lot of people. She gets the chance to say everything she's ever wanted to say, and I have to listen. <laughs> Moving on. Faith <laughs> comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you want to build your faith, get in your Bible. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Pastor Daniel, that's your job. It ain't my job. You're supposed to feed us. Not in the same definition that you're using. When it says feed the flock, 
If you translate it into the original language, and yes, I'm doing the the all right now, it means to turn them out to pasture. It doesn't mean that I'm like, open your mouth. That's gross. It's sick. Right? You should never leave this church feeling full on a Sunday morning. You should realize how hungry you've been all week. That what you've been missing all week was you rightly dividing the word of truth, you leading your family, you leading your own personal life. How many ministers do I got in the house? Good. If you're saved, you're a minister of reconciliation. I had the distinct privilege of serving this church, but I am not supposed to cook and serve it up pretty for you. Now listen, I don't know where I'm on. I'm getting off track. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Your faith will build, be built when you read the word of God. Why? Because you'll see what God has to say about this life. You'll live it and you'll realize it's true because he's never a lie. It's just like a relationship that you build with my friend Miguel here. He tells me something. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to see if he's going to do it. And then he does it. And I'm like, dad, he does it. I believe in him. And then he does it again. And then I believe. And then he does it again. And it turns into this relationship. And you read what God has to say about this life and about relationships and about the Father and about the Holy Spirit and about your own personal life. And you're like, wow, that is really true. And guess what happens? Faith is built. But the word of God also becomes the training wheels for hearing the voice of the Father. My sheep know me and they know my voice. Pastor Daniel, how can I be sure that it's the voice of the Father speaking to me when I pray? Use your training wheels. Use your training wheels and you'll learn what his voice sounds like. And it's his voice that builds As all of you by my witness, I am returning this book. (laughs) Oh, man. We are not able to go against these people for they are stronger than we are. I want you to notice how they start off. This is how sneaky the voice of fear is. It starts off even quoting scripture. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. They are really big. The city is heavily fortified. They're eating people. They're going to eat our children. This is literally what it says, y'all. We can't do it. And the next thing you know, you have an entire generation of people who miss the abundant supply of the promised land because they listen to the voice of fear rather than the voice of faith. If we find ourselves on the outside looking in of God's grace, it's not because his grace stopped being graceful. It's because we have neglected our responsibility in faith. Now, if you find yourself doing that, have no fear. I've said it already. Jesus was going to do a miracle for a guy, and the dude was like, um, yeah, I don't believe. Can you help me? It's become my favorite verse recently. Lord, help 
my unbelief. But that question takes a degree of faith in knowing that he's a good, good father. They keep going. It's the land that devours its inhabitants. The people we saw in it are of great height. There we saw the Nephilim. I don't want any emails about the Nephilim. Just getting that out there. When y'all start digging it out, ask your group leader. (laughs) By the way, whoever left a really nice, anonymous, encouraging note in my box, thank you. I read it between services. It wasn't there when I got here this morning. So somebody sneaked back there, you sneaky boogers. I'm glad it wasn't negative. But thank you for leaving that. That was really cool. Um, Verse 32, so they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spat out saying, the land, oh, we already read that. Verse 33, we saw the Nephilim and we seemed to ourselves like, this is getting ridiculous. We seemed like grasshoppers. Then all the congregation raised a loud cry and they did what? They cried all night long. Anybody know what it's like to cry all night long? Come on, be real. We ain't pretending. This life stinks sometimes. Sometimes stuff happens and it hurts. And sometimes things are so big in front of us that we struggle believing that God's promises are really yes and amen. Pretending like you ain't ever cried all night long because you were struggling to bring, believe a promise of God. It's not gonna cause God's grace to be strong in your life. Just willingly admit it and confess it. Sometimes I struggle with belief. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to get up here and I look at my wife and say, say, I'm not going up there to preach this morning. She'll say, well, why? Because I'm not qualified. And then she reminds me, God uses broken people. And church, why does God use broken people? Because that's the only kind there are. They said this, the whole congregation says, would that we had died in the land of Egypt or that we had died in the wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Has God told them that we're gonna fall by the sword? No, these 10 crazy spies have. Our wives and our little ones will become prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to one another, let us choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Look, let me go ahead and tell y'all. Egypt ain't worth going back to. Moses and Aaron, they fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation, the people of Israel, and Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephthah, who were among those who had spied out the land. They went macho man, Randy Savage on them, and they began ripping their shirts. No, it wasn't like that. It wasn't a display of strength that they ripped their clothes. It was a display of weakness and humility. And they tore their clothes and they said to the congregation, stand up with me, please. They didn't say stand up with me, please. I said that. This is the, sorry, I didn't want to misquote the Bible. I don't want to get emails later. They said this, the land which we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If he delights in us, 
He will bring us into the land and He will give it to us. A land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. And do not fear the people of the land. Because we're going to eat them like a snack. Oh, for they are bread for us. Their protection has already been removed from them. And the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. This is the message that the Lord has for Bethel Church this morning. As we sit here and we as a people who have been brought out of sin, who have been brought out of bondage, who have been brought out of slavery, and we look at the edge of the abundant life, but yet it looks like the giants are too big. Do not fear them. We serve a king whose great, 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 great granddaddy killed giants. As we stand on the precipice and it looks like the walls are too fortified and the cities are too big and the cities are too strong, you got to remember we've been given the power of praise and just one little note can cause walls to come tumbling down. Can we build our faith for just a moment? Anybody, you're looking out over the promised land and it's like Pastor Daniel, you resonated with what you said. I struggle with sadness and depression so much that I can barely get out of the bed. I just cannot believe that I can have happiness. Well, the Word of God says this, that part of the package of salvation is joy. Well, I don't feel it yet. We ain't got to feel it for it to be there. Faith comes by. So I ain't trying to make you mad or tick you off. I get you. I've been through depression. I still battle with it from time to time. There are mornings where I don't want to get out of the bed. And sometimes we just got to speak faith over our life. God, you told me that joy comes with salvation. God, you, every single step, God, you told me that joy comes with salvation. I don't know about you, but sometimes the fear of the unknown almost paralyzes me. Anybody else? What's next? What's going to happen next? And then I have to remind myself that the Word of God will be a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It might not necessarily show me what's three years from now, but if I walk in it, He's going to lead every single step because the steps are the righteous, are ordered by God. There will always be 10 voices of fear. But we serve a God who always has a remnant of faith that have not been touched by the world. Look at me right now. And if they can't get to you to tell you what you're believing is a lie, he might just send an angel that says, fear not. If we're gonna walk in the grace he has given us. You don't have to build the straw. It's already built. We're just responsible for this tiny little speck. And if we're going to have that kind of faith, it comes from hearing the word of God. Pastor Daniel, I am struggling this 
morning. Will you pray for me? I would love to pray for you, but then I'm gonna tell you to go home and read your Bible. I mean, it's exactly what prayer ministry is. Literally, you get out the Word of God and you just they're just showing people where your life and the Word of God don't align. It's what recovery alive is. You get out the Bible and they're just... It's not a program, y'all, that's changing people's lives. It's always and always will be the Word of God. This is my call to you. I want to ask you to get out your phone real quick because we got to go, I think. Everybody got your phone out? Some of you just opened social media. You didn't even mean to. Pastor Daniel, help my unbelief. It's called Delete App. No, I'm not joking. Some of us in here really need to delete the 10 spies. I'm just saying the Bible does say be aware of Satan's divide. Did it say that? Did it say that way back then, devices? I'm sorry, y'all. I need to move on. I'm gonna ask you to do this, or a piece of paper. I, I prefer a piece of paper. I want you to write now as our, our band sings this song of worship to the Lord. I want you to write down three things that the Lord has spoken to you through His Word or through your prayer time that you will have, but you don't have them yet. I want you to write them down right now. Go, do it right now. If you enjoyed today's message, we want to encourage you to join our Facebook online community. Search for Bethel Church online for more great content from our pastors and leaders here at Bethel. Join us next week for another inspiring message.